Welcome to Kids for a Quid, the football show presented by kids. Hello, I'm Elliot and I'm a Chelsea fan. Hello, I'm Reuben and I'm a Nottingham Forest fan. And I am Reuben and Elliot's dad. I'm here to referee the podcast and I'm a Forest fan as well. So this week we've got some really good topics to talk to you guys about or the, or the kids are going to go through their takes on some of these things. So um, it's game week four here in the Premier League and we're going to kick it off by we're going to talk about what has just happened at the end of this. We just had what's just closed, boys. The transfer, transfer window. window. So there's lots of action on transfer deadline day, but there was also lots of action before transfer deadline day. So um, we've got loads of talking points, haven't we? Because I think Chelsea, you signed a couple of players. A lot. And Forrest, maybe signed one or two. No more. N- more than that. Okay. So let's go, Rue. So um, Forrest signings. Who's who's your favourite? Who's who's the one that excites you the most? It's it's, it's like tough because. I've never seen some of them, yeah. But I've, I think my favourite's got to be the big man Sangare. Yeah, I totally agree. I think Sangare is an absolute world class signing for Forest, and I think it's going to be a huge, huge turning point. Um, what about the others? Because there's uh, Alanga, mm-hmm. um, there's Origi. Um, help me out here. Who else is for Forest? Dominguez. Signed? Dominguez, a great signing. That is the swap deal for Froiler. Dave. Um, Dave, yeah. So we, we had this, didn't we, the other day where um, Andrew Omabedeli, <laughs> I think that's how you pronounce it, <laughs> uh, couldn't pronounce it, could we? So what are we calling him? Dave. We call him Dave. Just like well. the Chelsea fans go, ask Bill Aquetta, we'll just call or him Or used Dave. to, because, <laughs> because obviously he moved on in the transfer window as well. He did, didn't so he? So this is the Athletic Images. As Villagreta, we'll just call you Dave. Well, they can probably spell it. They can probably say it because they're Spanish, where we, oh, we struggle yeah. with, with stuff like that. Yeah. So outside of... Um, mm. oh, I'm going to try it again. Omibadali. Mm. I got that right. Omibadali. Um, that was it. There was Murillo. Yeah. Um, there was um, Nuno Tavares. Um, mm. World Cup winner, Montiel. Um, anybody else we've missed in here? Turner. Matt Turner. Oddie. Oh, yeah. Oddie. Yeah, Oddie. Odysseus Vlachodimos. I think I got that one right as well. So, Forrest, great signings in there, and um, it's working wonders. So, Elliot, what do you make of another Chelsea window? Three in a row now where you've, you've spent fortunes over one billion. What's your thoughts, mate? Moises Caicedo is probably the one that excites me the most, but he's going to need time to adapt. He's made me. He's made mistakes, obviously giving the ball away at the weekend at Forest. We'll look more in depth to that at the in the first topic. But I think I think Caicedo will eventually come good. I think as a, a hundred and ten million pound player, I don't think uh, Chelsea would have signed him if they didn't think he was going to come good. I think you're absolutely right on there. And um, a couple of other Chelsea signings. If we talk about from the window before, um, Mudrick struggling to get in the team. Um, and now, obviously, Chelsea signing lots of other players in Kunku, Jackson. What, what do you think is going to happen with um, with Madrid going forward? I think he'll be put out on loan or eventually sold. Yeah, I, I, I can see that. I think he needs a bit of time to get to know the English game. But again, with Chelsea bringing in so many players, um, who else is your other other sort of key key signings that that you um you appreciate? 
Christopher and Kunku. Obviously, he's been sitting on his couch for four months because he's been <laughs> Yeah, he stubbed his toe on the first day, so he's just sat there with a bag of peas <laughs> on his foot, just just resting, ready for ready to come good. But I, I oh I'm excited gosh. about him because I, I think he's he's going to be a, a, a really good. I think he's kind of what Chelsea need. I think. I've got. Yeah, like they really missed him at the weekend against Forest. If you. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're going to have a, a, a nice, hopefully a nice, even chat about that, boys. Uh, and we'll talk about the Forest, uh, the Forest chelsea game. So um, within the, the transfer window, there's lots and lots of other signings. Manchester United did some some loan business. They, oh. they signed Mason Mount from Chelsea at the start of it. What do you make of that, Elliot? Mason Mount going to Chelsea, uh, going from Chelsea to United? I think, although it's going to sound crazy as a Chelsea fan, I think it's actually done the club good. Okay. Because they've had money to bring in other players then yeah so i think again that that's the key thing about the chelsea signings isn't it if you look at who's left chelsea so um obviously dave's left chelsea um we've had kepa ariza balaga's left chelsea on loan that yep. one lukaku um yeah i mean chelsea have cleared about 250 million pounds and pulisic have both gone to the same club they have and, and obviously to join um Fikayo tamori as well who who's um at Milan as well, isn't he? So Chelsea have, have let a lot of players go, similarly what Forest have done, but Chelsea are kind of balancing the books there. But it's a big old ask, isn't it, for um, Pochettino to settle all of those players in at start, do you think? Oh, yeah. It is definitely a big ask. Yeah. But the other thing I was quite surprised with, actually, was the amount of game time a lot of these players are actually getting. Like, I didn't think Levi Colwell would get as much game time as he is getting. Yeah, I think you're right. I think um, Poch obviously sees Colwell as a, a you know, a, a starting, uh, a starting player. He had a great season at Brighton last season. Um, he scored a goal in the uh, the playoff final a couple of seasons before for Forest, um, which unfortunately was actually. Unfortunately, yes, it was an own goal. But yeah, me and Rue still happy about it. But um, yeah, so Colwell, um, I, I think he's a great <laughs> defender, and I think for him to to start in that Chelsea um, lineup, it does say a lot about the 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 faith that Poch has in him. But also, he's got one of the the greatest defenders I think the Premier League's ever seen alongside Tia him in old man, old, <laughs> old man Silver. You might want to explain <laughs> that though. No, no, Thiago Silva, 39 years old. He's younger than me, but he's still he's as, going, as a footballer. He's, he's old man Silva. He's uh, actually going to return, turn 39 um, in a couple of weeks. Is he? He's, well, he's, he's definitely a better defender than I could ever be, but um, he's still <laughs> old man Silva. Um, so um, other transfers in the window then. Um, anything jump off the page to you guys? We're going to do a bit at the end about our favourite transfers, but... Was there anything out there that you thought, oh, um, can't believe that's happening? Or Jude Bellingham and Declan Rice. Yep, Rice, Bellingham, great signings for, for their clubs. Um, on the Towards the very end of transfer deadline day, one thing happened, and it was a Saudi club coming in for um, Mo Salah. What do we think about the Saudi Arabian transfer business so far? Well, obviously their window's not over till Thursday. Yep. So, Jurgen Klopp obviously a couple of weeks ago described that it could be a threat to the Premier League because, for example, if if uh, Salah goes, who are Liverpool going to replace him with because it's not January? But you can sign free agents outside the window. Yeah, and do we think any of those free agents are going to be the same quality as Mo Salah? Um, no, no. Really? Well, if Liverpool, like, if... if if Liverpool before he goes, they might even just confirm 
Salah to a cam, and then if Why? Salah goes, then Jesse Lingard could come in for Salah. I, I, I love Jesse Lingard. I, I think he's an absolute character, and I, th- I think um, despite not playing many games for Forest last season, I think he was one mm-hmm. of the reasons that we stayed up because of his yeah. positivity and his presence in that dressing room and that ultimately is what a quality team is founded on is that willing to fight for each other but Mm. I'm pretty sure there's a lot of Liverpool fans out there that will say they don't want to swap Mo Salah for Jesse Lingard Um, but I I think it's 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 a great shout and I think Elliot you made a really good point the window is still open in Saudi Arabia so we could still see some big money signings moving to Saudi Arabia (laughs) topic two is game week four in the Premier League and um, it was a pretty interesting uh, afternoon in, in in our house here in the uh, the Forest Chelsea game. So, um, boys, talk us through it. Um, Rue, what was your thoughts on um, the magnificent performance at the bridge from the Mighty Reds? Um, their defending was good. Their defending was absolutely brilliant. Turner could... Turner didn't have to do anything. He could just be sat in his couch <laughs> relaxing. He could have just brought the couch to the game. And then he could have just lied down in his couch. And when he needed it, he could just jump up and save it. Well, I don't think he needed to do that, did he? <laughs> no. Um, yeah, I, I think absolutely bang on. Um, Forest defence were absolutely out this world. What about the goal? That goal came out of nothing, didn't it? Well, it's, again, Moises Caicedo. Mm. He's given the ball away. A one you wins it. A one you nutmegs old man silver. And Langer's through with the inside of his foot. Puts it in the bottom corner. Yeah. Elliot. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah, li- literally that. It was a bit of confusion. Casado kind of had the ball but didn't have the ball. Um, Great. And Yatesy involved in there in the middle. Great tackle. The ball comes out to Big T. And rather than running towards the goal, he has a quick look up, which is absolutely amazing. And he just nutmegs old man Silver. Just puts it straight through his legs. Shamelessly. And let's let's be fair, he probably could have put a bus through his legs. His legs are that wide. The ball comes straight through to Alanga and Rue. Yeah, absolutely right. He just slotted it in the bottom corner and and then ran to the... uh, Well, he didn't run to the Forest fans. He ran over to the far end. But but I think every single Forest fan on that other side of the ground was going absolutely bananas, weren't they? Well, I've got a question for Elliot. Okay. It is not going to go off topic. Um... Jackson's miss. Okay, yeah, I mean that that that's a good one. Els, talk talk us through um, Nicholas Jackson's. Um, was it a shot or a pass or what was it? You know what? <laughs> I think I think it's high time Jackson learns that the Premier League is not La Liga. Wow. You, you can't just do that. It's strong words there. I mean, Jackson prior to the Forest game, I think had scored, didn't he? And he'd he'd had an okay run of form, but it was just, it was it was really unfortunate. Obviously, I, me and Rue delighted that it didn't go in. Um, it was a lapse moment from Forrest where the defence got penetrated, but just that finish was so poor, wasn't it? So poor. Forrest restricting Chelsea to so little chances. We saw players like Enzo Fernandez taking pot shots from miles out outside of the box. As a Chelsea fan, Elliot, how frustrating was the game for you? I would have rather called them Potch shots. Well, I'm pretty sure Potch wouldn't want them named after him. He'd probably <laughs> want the ones that fly in the top bins to be called Potch shots rather than the ones that are flying into the shed end. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Flying <laughs> but, into but, the shed. But I have to say, Ryan Yates was a concrete wall. I mean, uh, uh, yeah. 
Joe Worrell. Yeah. Uh, I think I think you're right with both. I think Wazza and Yatesy, mm. absolute stonewall. They they were just solid, weren't they? No one was getting past them. No, no. Twenty one shots for Chelsea, and only two managed to find its way onto the target. Yeah. Yep. And also the fact that I think out, out of the twenty one, there were there were some like thirteen of those that were blocked. Yeah. So not even any, not even you know more than that materialized into causing Turner um, to get up off his sofa, put down his magazine, <laughs> and do something. Yeah, and Paul Merson thought Chelsea could have played, and they wouldn't have scored until Monday. <laughs> I, I think that's right. He, yeah, he was basically saying that. I think it was probably the fact that Chelsea weren't that prolific in front of goal, and that Forrest was so good at defending that Chelsea could just carry on playing and wouldn't have scored. So Elliot, what what's next for Chelsea? How, how do they how do they turn this around? What do they do to because what we four games in and four points that that's not surely where Poch wants to be or where a Chelsea fan wants to be. Well, first of all, I have to touch on what Poch said after the game. He said this isn't going to be instant success. It's going to be a building project, and I agree. It's going to take time. And Mauricio Pochettino's not poor old Graham Potter who lost his job after seven months because he mm. wasn't doing it properly. He's a world-renowned manager who got to a Champions League final. And I think Todd Bowley's got to keep with him and uh, stand his ground with him because it will take time to adjust all these new players. I, I think you're absolutely right, Elliot. And I think that's something in modern football that we don't see. Managers don't get given time. They're demanded instant results. Uh, we're so lucky at Forest last season that um, Mr. Maranak is stuck by Cooper and that ultimately is what kept us up and we're in great shape this season. And it, it's all down to what goes on behind the scenes, but it's also that faith in the manager. And I think Chelsea last season pulled the trigger so many times when it just felt like it was unnecessary. And I, I really hope that they do give Poch um, a really good crack at it because Chelsea mm. have got a great nucleus of a team, but they just need to get someone in there who can really make that, that project work. Um. I think as soon as Nkunku recovers from his injury, Chelsea are going to go back on form. Well, I I've think seen Nkunku in the Bundesliga. He's a really good player and Chelsea are just going to go straight back on form as soon as Nkunku comes back. You heard it here from Rue first. Rue's prediction, Nkunku is going to be fire. So, speaking of fire, there was an absolute hot match going on oh. on Sunday afternoon. Down at the Emirates. In but London. Yep. First of all, I think we have to mention a uh, side dish that you eat with uh, chilli. Rice. Get it? Oh, okay. Yeah, Elliot, Elliot's <laughs> cracking the puns out. we got a Declan Rice joke coming in. Loving that. So, yeah. Yep. So, Arsenal versus Manchester United. Um, it was a game full of, of chances and full of... Good football, bad football, good refereeing, terrible refereeing, bad VAR, uh, more bad VAR, good VAR. Um, where, where do we start, boys? Um, Eric Ten Hag. Eric, okay, Elliot, hit us with an Eric, Eric Ten Hag. What are you thinking Eric about? Eric Ten Hag said the uh, line angles were drawn wrong for Garnacho's goal after the game. And uh, also he said he's um, been having quite the argument with Sancho on social media lately okay so there's a couple of things to unpack there i think um firstly the sancho and social media thing all seems to be a little bit um blown out of proportion gotta feel sorry for sancho but there's obviously something going on 
um, behind the scenes at United that he's not happy with and obviously Ten Hag isn't um, particularly happy with and Ten Hag complaining about um, VAR and and referee decisions quite frankly can get in the sea because after um, the weekend before at Old Trafford when uh, Joe Worrell shouldn't have been sent off and it was a very dubious penalty uh, awarded to United and then something which arguably was uh, more of a, a penalty was overturned um, at the Emirates. I, I think Ten Hag is incredibly blinkered um, to have those decisions. Um, what do you think about that, Elliot? Well, first of all, I think the Havertz penalty looked like more of a penalty. Mm, and I think that penalty and that sending off changed the complexion of the United game. I think it did against Forrest. And I think the the a lot of United fans have been on social media complaining that um, they thought that Garnacho's goal should have stood and that also Hoyland should have had a penalty towards the end and complaining that VAR uh, was used incorrectly and the lines were drawn incorrectly and all, all this kind of stuff. And it's it's a little bit hard to take when the previous week your club has benefited massively from from VAR um, in terms of that. But if we go to the positives of the game, so seeing Declan Rice score um, and then get absolutely mobbed by his Arsenal teammates and the Arsenal fans in that in front of the home crowd there. That that was pretty unreal, wasn't it? Yes. Mikel Arteta went absolutely bananas. What did you think of the finish to the goal, Brie? Brilliant. Just brilliant. And then there's the, the side that goes with Chile scores. <laughs> yeah, the Rice man scored. But he, rice, in an interview rice, afterwards, he said maybe. he actually tried to control it with his chin by accident. He controlled it by his <laughs> chin and then put it in. Um, <laughs> but uh, but then you thought, oh, well, there's, there's a couple of minutes left. Surely this is it. So with United piling on all the pressure and going down the other end. And then what happens? Gabriel Jesus on the run scores 3-1 what a finish and and the, the the through ball from Fabio Vieira was absolute top class but my favourite bit was the fact that when Gabriel Jesus cut back Johnny Evans slid in rumours are he's still sliding now he didn't just send him for a hot dog he, he, he sent him for a happy meal um, from the end 26 <laughs> 26 to um, 27 but yeah he's, he's definitely still sliding down there but that was that was a great result for Arsenal and it really showed that they, they are there to compete again this season hopefully so what happened the other side of well, it was in Manchester it was in Fulham but what happened for Manchester United this uh, Manchester City this week Rue what happened um, it was the hat-tricks Erling Haaland, hat-trick, Evan Ferguson, hat-trick, Yulming Song. So that means it is the hat-tricks of the hat-trick. The hat-trick of hat-tricks. So it three, is, lots of three goals. It last happened in 1995 with, I can't pronounce <laughs> his name. Uh, he was an absolute legend for Leeds United for one or two seasons. Tony Yaboa, what a striker he was. Fowler and Shearer. Yeah, so Robbie Fowler, Liverpool and possibly Leeds United, great. Um, and Alan Shearer, Southampton, Blackburn, Newcastle. Yeah, so 1995, hat-trick of hat-tricks. The, the hat-trick So this was Evan Ferguson at Brighton. Um, how how well taken was, was his, I think it was his second goal? I didn't see it. Okay, he smashed it in from a very long way out. It was a great finish. Um Erling Haaland, back with a bang. Three goals against uh, Fulham. Back on form at the Etihad. No, they're at Craven Cottage. The robot is doing robot-like things. No, they were at the Etihad. Were they? No, Craven Cottage. 
pretty Etihad. sure they're at Craven Cottage. Etihad. All right, we'll we'll have to flip a coin on that, and and we'll research it, and then on the next podcast, if I'm right, you got to bring some Haribo in for me. If oh. if I'm wrong, I got to bring some Haribo in for you. Right? What so, about me? Because I said Craven. Yeah, Cottage. I'll share the Haribo when 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 we're right. It's okay. It's fine. Um, so Ooh. we we also had um Sonny. Um, for Spurs, playing in an out-and-out striker role, lo and behold, what does he do? He scores how many? Three. And literally, you put him out of your fantasy <laughs> team. And you put him out of your fantasy team. And he goes and scores a hat-trick. And I, you I, put Madison in. You think he was going to be good. I know. And then he didn't perform. The joys of fantasy league. I, I, I saw that Madison was, was because, because Sonny was playing out on the left. And I was like, well... He's not going to score. And then when, as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, I'm going to lose ground this week. But luckily, I've got Evan Ferguson. i got Haaland as my captain. So the points just kept rolling I, in I this week. I literally forgot to put Haaland <laughs> as my captain. So Antonio got me double the points. Yeah, I think he got you four points as opposed to Haaland getting you 40. But it's fine. It's yeah. all good. So um, I've got him as my captain for next week, which will be good. I think as we go on throughout the show, we'll, we're, uh, the, the different weeks, we'll, we'll be giving you little updates on how our little fantasy um, team, uh, little league is going and our tips on who's going to be good players. So after the hat-trick of hat-tricks, which was an amazing feat, um, it kind of makes the uh, the Premier League table look interesting reading, doesn't it? Down at the bottom, we've got um, Luton, Sheffield, uh, Luton, Burnley, um, Everton, Sheffield United. Those four down there. Um, early days for Luton and Burnley, even though they've played one game less, no points on the board. What's it looking like for them for the rest of the season? Do you think, Elliot? Um, Burnley looks very ominous, but Vincent Company has said he he wakes up every morning with a smile. And knowing that his team is getting better and better, which I disagree with. <laughs> well, four, four games is probably quite a short marker to judge them, but the way the way it's gone so far, <laughs> a lot of people are saying, "Well, you know, maybe we'll write Burnley off." And and I certainly as a Forest fan last season, I remember people saying after two weeks, Forest going down. And um, we were literally bottom, and then two. Pico- Cooper, Cooper, took over, <laughs> and he got us up into the that, playoffs. That, well, that was the year before we, we're talking about the oh. pre- Premier League. That was yeah, you're right in, in the Championship. Yeah, he, we were two years this time two years ago. Forest were bottom of the Championship, and now we're ninth in the Premier League. It's yeah, outstanding. But it's, it's all about not writing teams off. So I think you're right, Rue. It's it's literally what he did last season as well. This it took us eleven um, games to get six points last year. Yeah, and this season it's only took us four games. Four away to Manchester United, Chelsea, and Arsenal as well. All that, of the big clubs some, apart from Sheffield United. Yeah, they're not a big club, are they? What would you say on the table? Oh, I'm being interviewed all of a sudden now. Mm-hmm. What I, on the table? Um, I, I love it. I, I think it's. I'm really proud to see Forest get an international international break in the top ten of the Premier League. Um, I know. It, I know. I know it's temporary. I know that it's. Um, it's that that league table will change like, a million times over. Nothing can change over the international break. You're quite right. Nothing will change. So Forest will stay in night for another two whole weeks, and we'll enjoy that because it might not last long after. But you never know. It might do. But I think. Yeah, because. We've got Burnley, Van City. Yes, we've got some tough games coming up. But if you look at the top of the league, yeah. Man City played 4-1-4. They've um, kind of picked up where they left off last year. They were fourth. 
I have no idea who are fourth. It changed. I think we basically we've got West Ham, Spurs, um, Arsenal, Brighton, Liverpool, all Brighton up there, along with Man City. Sixth. Also, I I'm a bit surprised not to see Newcastle in the top ten. Well, that was what I was going to ask you. Was there any teams who are underperforming in your opinion, Elliot? Newcastle, what's going on there? Well. I think they need to trust Hal because uh, they'd be an absolute um, dung head if they didn't keep Hal. A dung head. <laughs> a dung <laughs> head. What is a dung head, Elliot? <laughs> a dung head. Wow. What is a dung head? Tell me this instant. 20 odd minutes into your first podcast and we call in the manager of Newcastle United. Uh, sorry, the owners. Oh, it's, it's a country. You've basically called the, the country of Saudi Arabia dung heads. <laughs> If they sack Eddie Howe. Wow. Dungheads. I'm not sure that'll make it onto the final edit of the show. But, no. Um, I, but I, I, think, I, I, I think the idea is right that they would be daft to sack Eddie Howe because basically he has done a phenomenal job at Newcastle. It is early days. Um, and yeah, th- three losses are just um, <laughs> a, a kind of a bit, a bit hard to take really in those circumstances. But... They got to look and know that it's only four games, and there's there's a, there's a lot of time to turn it around. Any other teams or any other positions in that in that league table that you think oh, I wouldn't have expected to see them there? West Ham, yeah, but for um, the opposite reasons to Newcastle United. Rue, what do you think of West Ham's start to the season? Well, they I think they've had a brilliant start to the season. One four. Uh no, not four. I think they've won three. One, one three, three draw, draw one. one. One against Luton, one against Chelsea, and one against Brighton. Brighton, and then they drawn against Bournemouth. Bournemouth. Yeah, on the opening day of the season, wasn't it? Jared Bowen's goal in that game. I, I think they've 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 come back from their uh, Europa Conference League uh, win, and they've just carried on with that level of form on there. I think I think they've been. Fantastic, and I, th- I think they're a club that um, had a lot of uh, people come at them last season, told them they weren't very good, and I'm really pleased that this season they they seem to be doing okay. So I'm 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 really happy for them. So our third topic is we're going to talk about the newly announced England squad for the uh, Euro- uh, Euros qualifier against Ukraine and the friendly against Scotland. Boys, what's your first um, first thoughts on that that team that Southgate's picked? Inketia, I, I, Inketia isn't, Inketia doesn't fit in there. Inketia, I think, is an under twenty one last season. I don't know how old Inketia is, but I mean, you don't think he's he's good enough to be in the squad? Well, he, well, he, well, he is good for Arsenal, but I've never seen him perform for England, so I think he's kind of good in that team, or. He's b- going to be bad in that team. We'll see for Ukraine and Scotland. Yeah. Elliot, your thoughts on Nketiah? Well, he's been leading the line for Arsenal in uh, Gabriel Jesus' absence. But what is Southgate doing? You've got, you've got, for example, look at, you've got Tammy Abraham or. Raheem Sterling, you could put, and out of all those players, you choose Eddie and Ketia. What are you playing at? Oh, look, oh, like Eddie and Ketia, you, 
you're right. It is Tammy Abraham or Sterling who fit in that team. But then Kane is our only striker. What if Kane gets injured? Then who are we going to have? Okay, right, if boys. If we pick Sterling. So I, I'm getting a lot of uh, anti-Eddie and Kettier vibes here. Um, firstly, Ru, you're quite right. I think what, what what you're trying to say, he's been performing for Arsenal. You've never seen him play well for England before. That's because he's not played well for He's not played for England before. Um, so it would be his international debut if he played for England for the, for the, full, yeah. uh, the full squad. So I think the point you might be trying to make is that is he good enough to do it on the world stage? Is he good enough to play for England? He's good to play for Arsenal, but is he good enough to do it for England? Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah. Like yeah. And I, 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 I think it's a really good point to make. It's a huge step up to play for a club and then to go and perform on a world stage. And this is why um, players like Harry Kane, uh, you know, you can drop them into pretty much any scenario and know that they, they can perform because they're an elite world-class player. But the so point the point you're making, Rue, I think was brilliant, that Kane um, is an out-and-out striker. Um, and Eddie Nketiah is very similar, um, but he's not the same quality. So who else? Sterling is more of a wide player who possibly wouldn't play in that sort of number nine kind of role. So who else would you have picked? Because um, he's put Callum Wilson in the team yeah. as well. Who else I've, have you looked at? Look, I've just realised that if Kane gets injured, we we do have another two strikers to replace him. Mm-hmm. I only just realised that. I thought Nketiah and Kane were the only strikers. Okay. But then I saw it and then I, I was like, oh, Rashford and Wilson. Wilson hasn't started that much for Newcastle. No, I don't think he has. What? He scored against Brighton the other day when he came on. But yeah, and he's in that similar kind of position to um to Kane uh, and Nketiah. Um, Elliot, what, what do you think? Is... is 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 Southgate's decisions in the forward um, the team a forward selection? Is is that the right decision? You, you said a second ago you were quite um, amazed by uh, Enketia in the squad. I think no, like I I would have rather put Jared Bowen or Tammy Abraham instead of Enketia. Why why Enketia? What's he done? Well, I mean, he's he's led like you said, he's led the line well for Arsenal, and obviously Gareth's got faith in him that he's gonna he's gonna give him the chance to do it for England. But like you said, it's a massive step up. Yeah, I, I, and I, th- I think as England manager, he's, he's got to expect these kind of challenges. And I think when you look mm. at his team selection, across, or his squad selection across the board, I think lots of these questions are being asked. So if we move into the midfield and we look at um, Jordan Henderson's involvement in the squad again, what do we think of that? Well, he's playing in Saudi Arabia. and <laughs> Short and sweet. <laughs> <laughs> to, to be honest, to be honest. Apparently, just before he moved to Saudi Arabia, he said he didn't really want to play for Liverpool anymore. Oh, did he? I've, I've not read that. I've, I've read something today that apparently he said nobody tried to convince him to stay. So he, he it, felt, he That's felt, what I meant. Right, okay, yeah. He felt like he, he could leave because they didn't really care. Um, but, yeah, Henderson not playing in an elite league, you know, for all intents and purposes, not playing in the league anymore. So were there better options? But then there's the inclusion of Calvin Phillips as well. He's not started for Manchester City this season. So how are these players starting for England but not starting for their clubs? Well, um, we've got six midfielders. Um, if we play a formation with five, then we're only going to have a one midfielder benched because mm-hmm. Trent has called up an injury mm-hmm. and so has Jack... Grealish, mm-hmm. would you say that is disappointing? 
I think it's always disappointing for players to miss um, miss international duty. Sometimes you wonder if it is a proper injury or whether it's just them not wanting to lose out on a, a space at the club and being there. But I think the the formation that England will play, I don't think we're going to be light in the midfield because we've got in that central position, we've got the likes of Rice, Phillips, Gallagher. Um, we've got Bellingham, who is absolutely on fire at the moment in La Liga. Um, and he's he's playing out of his skin there. He's scoring goals. He's the last-minute winners. He's having the time of his life over there. So I think in that scenario, it, it would be interesting to see what other midfielders... Um, that Southgate would bring into squad. Obviously, was kind of hoping Morgan Gibbs White might yeah. get a bit of a mention, but I think it's a bit too soon for him. Um, Els, what are you thinking? He's suspended anyway, Gibbs White. Um, no, only for the under twenty one. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know how that works because I don't think he's in the twenty one squad. But that is a really good point. He got sent off in the uh, the final, didn't he? Got, he got yellow, a second um, yellow card. We're didn't also we, we were disappointed that Gibbs White got sent off. Well, it's his own fault because he was arguing on the touchline. So you, you, it's a silly thing to do, really silly thing to do because you already had a yellow, you're on the touchline, you're arguing yeah. with someone, you're going to get sent off. So he kind of got himself to blame for that one. Elliot? Um, but we're also nearly qualified for the Euros, so I can kind of understand what Southgate's done. He's gone, well, if we are really, really close in some way, we can rely on youth. Because mm. when we are qualified, we can't. We can just forget about the big boys and put all the youth in because we know we're safe already. Yeah, but I, I we're not there yet, are we? So, um, could could you imagine if if he did go with all the youth players and all of a sudden we were looking like qualification was going to be difficult? Could you imagine that? Yeah. What about Harry Maguire? I think he's an interesting selection. Obviously, I think right now he'd have preferred to take in that. To take that move to West Ham because of where they are, but why is Southgate playing him? And then at Man United, he's hardly getting minutes. I know he came on as a a sub against Arsenal, but there was a centre back pairing of the two, the two um, Johnny Evans and Harry Maguire in the end of it, and that was quite interesting for me. But I don't think Southgate should have picked Harry Maguire. Free, what do you think? Um, I think he should, and also Tamori. We haven't really seen much of him because we don't really follow Syria. <laughs> <laughs> well, we won't see much of him if we don't watch him, will yeah. we? <laughs> and he plays for AC Milan yeah. in the back line for AC Milan. Well, he's doing a job for them there, though, isn't he? He's got Champions League football, so he, he's he's doing a good job there. I think, I think Maguire is an interesting one because, obviously, I think mm. Southgate has a lot of faith in him as a player and still feels he can do a good job for England. But the, as, as a young... English centre-back emerging out there, you, there, there must be some frustration thinking, well, why isn't he taking a chance on me rather than putting Maguire in who's not playing for his club? Um, and when he does come on, he looks like a guy who has zero confidence. Um, and I, th I think players like Colwell will be thinking, this is my time to shine. Like, Gahey, does he go into the England team? I, I think he's got just as much right to be there. I, th I think he, he's playing fantastic. Lewis Dunk, um, I, I think as well, has got a really good shout to start a game for England. Um, I've got like, um, do you think 
Joe Worrell will ever get picked in that England team? Uh, my heart says yes. My head says no. I don't. I don't. I'd love to see Wazza in an England shirt because I, I think he he the the passion that he has for Forest. Um, mm. I'm sure that would be intensified for England. My heart thinks yes for Gibbs White, but my head thinks maybe for Gibbs White. Uh, okay, White. all right, Elliot. What does your I I'm going back to Harry Maguire. Harry Maguire looks as bad as old man Silva. Oh, a little bit unfair because Thiago Silva, I think, has been really good again for Chelsea this season. He's copping a lot of flack on social media from from people for his mistakes. But again, 38 years old and you know still a world class defender in the Premier League. I I think he's um he's done fantastic. Maguire, not much to see of him. He came on um against Arsenal. Didn't really have much to do in terms of he wasn't um, he wasn't in the spotlight much. He played some really good crossfield passes, but again, I think now the problem is with Maguire is people are looking for the errors. They're waiting for him to get on the ball. They're waiting for him to make a mistake so they can really hammer him on social media, which I think is is a little bit unfair. So first squad in t- uh, announcement, um, and then something came out in the media today, Elliot, didn't it? Um, some rumours. Um, tell us tell us what they were, mate. Well. Southgate is thinking, well, room is rumoured that Southgate, after the Euro 2024, he's thinking of stepping down. And replacements have been the topic of discussion at the dinner table tonight. Like, okay, Ruth, so who, who's replacement number one that England have been rumoured to get after Southgate? Jurgen Klopp. Okay, anyone else? Pep Guardiola, Serena Wiegmann. Yeah, so three really interesting things there. So Klopp. The Liverpool manager, the City manager at the moment who isn't managing because he's got a back something. He's got a back. <laughs> <laughs> he's got he's got a back problem. Yeah, he's had, he's, had a, he's had an operation on his back, so he's just resting. He's, he's still managing. I think he's just sat in a bed or a chair somewhere just chilling out and doing it. And now in his magazine, like, he's, turn he's, up. Yeah. Elliot told me that he, he went out with Walker for dinner to get him a new contract. Oh, very that, nice. That's how he even persuaded Walker to sign a new contract, go out with dinner with him. Come for dinner with the boss and he'll get you a new contract. So, I think, yeah, I think it's a bit early to be talking about England replacements. Let's qualify for the tournament. Let's do the tournament. And then let, let's, let's have a look at some interesting replacements for the top job in English football. This is Kids for a Quid feature week one. All right. So this week's feature is we're going to talk about you. Well, you guys are going to talk about your top three transfers. And you're going to do your top. Bargain. Bargain of the, the window. Right, so Els, your top three transfers of this window, so this, this whole summer window. Rice, Caicedo and Kane. Delivered so quickly and beautifully there. So Rice, Caicedo and Kane. So Rice, um, why? Because I think he's a really good addition. I think he'll be better for Arsenal than he was for West Ham. Even though he was a key part of their Conference League success, West Ham have spent the money really wisely. And I think Declan Rice will be the sort of player that Arsenal will need to develop the squad. Perfect. I love that. Okay. Uh, Moise Casado. You, you gave him a bit of flack at the start of the show for uh, the build-up for the Forest goal when we beat you 1-0 on Saturday. Um, just not getting that in there at all. Um, but uh, Casado, why Casado? 
because I think it'll take time, but he did excel at Brighton, and I think he will excel, but it will take time for him to adapt to the way that Pochettino wants him to play. I think that's a great analysis there, mate. And uh, last but not least, obviously, uh, Sir Harold of Kane. <laughs> well, he's making the Bundesliga look easy. He's, <laughs> he's tearing up everyone. It's almost like it's three steps down. Like wow, the, the, wow. The, the Premier League is three realms apart from the Bundesliga. I can imagine any any German listeners we might have might be sat at home uh, getting quite cross about your uh, your reference to the Bundesliga there. But I, I think that there possibly may be a golfing class. I'm not sure. Elliot, thank you for those. Rice, Casado and Kane, three quality signings. Right, Rooster, hit us with your three transfers of the window. Who you got? Sangare, Messi, and Kane. It's Ibrahim, Sangare, Lionel Messi, and Harold Kane as well. <laughs> so, um, Sangare to Forest, what a signing. Um, yeah, he's left his club, not for a reason, but he's left his club in a Champions League position. I think PSV will need him in the Champions League this season. Well, it's a bit late for that because he's signed for Forest now. So I think it's a, it, it might be a bit of a statement that says that this is kind of player that Forest are hoping to attract and that clubs will leave you know teams in, in different divisions to come for that challenge in the Premier League and that they see Forest as a club they can do that at. Um, I'm going to do Harry Kane next. Okay, so Harry I Kane. put Harry Kane in there because he's... Being Caney at Bayern Munich. He's being Caney at <laughs> Bayern Munich. <laughs> Rather than being Spursy at Spurs. <laughs> <laughs> and I think he's makes Spurs be going more and more Spursy. Well, let, let's let's see what happens with that one. And then we've got uh, a player which, um, again, it, uh, to be fair, this guy lights it up wherever he goes. But um, Leo Messi over in the uh, Major League Soccer in the States for Inter Miami. Um is he doing okay over there, Rue? Yeah, even though I'm a Ronaldo fan, I just put him in there because I thought, like, he, he's a signing of a window. And, like, I, it's like Elliot said, like, planning. He said, um, the MLS is a retiring home. <laughs> yeah, so there's there's a lot of hate for other leagues outside the Premier League here, isn't there? There's a, there's a lot of a a lot of a sly digs going on. I think I think the the, the there is a, an obvious level in quality um, between the two, but um, I think players like Messi. I mean, you know, to to be to be watching football in the United States and then all of a sudden to have some of these world superstars rock up on your stage, um, the Lionel Messi's of this world, but also. Is that not the same thing in Saudi Arabia, where all of a sudden you've got the Cristiano Ronaldo's, you've got the um, mm. the Roberto Firmino's, you've, you've got, got all of those players that are coming in to those scenarios. So surely it's the same across the board with Saudi uh, and and with um, with with the America, Elliot. What what's next? The Saudi MS. Uh. Okay, so you did that, yeah. Okay, Rue. Um, and you also have your Brozovic's. Yes. Yeah, who I put in my transfers, but I thought, oh no, Messi. Yeah, again, Brozovic to Saudi was was a huge coup for them <laughs> as well. So I think when we're looking at um, these transfers, we're looking at you know how these players are enriching these leagues. Harry Kane in the Bundesliga is certainly doing a lot for the Bundesliga. Messi in the LMS, MLS is certainly doing a lot over there. And then players like um, uh, you mentioned Brozovic as well in in Saudi, bro. Wait, 
in Al uh, Nassar's team, it's Ronaldo and Bromovich. Messi, two former teammates, Busquets and Jordi Alba. He, they both played for Barca yep. when Messi left to go to PSG. And then here's now Messi at Inter Miami. Yep, so they won his the Inter Miami's first cup against Sammy Surridge's team. Yeah, Nashville. Nashville. So yeah, so th again, there's there's players winning trophies all over the place. So thanks, Ree, for that. So Ibrahim Sangare, Lionel Messi, and Harry Kane are your top three signings of the window. Um, so my bargain bucket signing of the whole window for three million pounds is a player that um, Chelsea were turning bids down for for seventy million uh, two windows ago or three windows ago. Callum Hudson Odoi at Forest for three million quid. Yes. Obviously, I'm going to pick a Forest player, aren't I? But what I, I just don't understand that. What a signing! Three million pounds for Callum Hudson Odoi. That's what? crazy, isn't it? That's probably how much Pep Guardiola and Kyle Walker's dinner cost when they went out. <laughs> and we've got Hudson Odoi for that. That's nuts, isn't it? Apparently, Guardiola paid for. <laughs> Did he? You got three million. Guardiola play paid for some of it for one. <laughs> Okay, right. Well, that I think that wraps up our first show here, guys. Um, um, you both did brilliantly. Really appreciated it. Have you got anything to say just before we go? Uh, goodbye. Probably see you after the international break, or we'll be doing international break episode. Okay. Goodbye, and the same as Elliot, and we'll see you next. Thank you. This has been Kids for a Quid podcast.